Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. Uh, we've been seeing um, through the years a global rise of anti-Semitism, but in the last few years, we've seen a, a market increase here in the United States with some things very, very uh, disconcerting with our own Biden administration. Uh, today, we pre-recorded an interview with Morton Klein, president of Zionist Organization of America, to review some of the recent events. I have uh, with us uh, tonight, um, dear friend, uh, Mort Klein, who's been on the program several times. Uh, Mort is the president of uh, ZOA, Zionist Organization of America, which for years has been the strongest voice in support of Israel, in support of the Jewish people, and um, understands the importance of the Christian Friends of, of Israel. We've done uh, events together. It's a great honor to have you with us uh, this evening, uh, Mort. How are you? It's great to be on with serious Christians and serious Christian Zionists. If the reason we don't have more ardent Jewish Zionists, frankly, is unlike the people I'm speaking with, most Jews don't have tremendous belief in the Bible. Serious Christians do. If you have serious beliefs in the Bible, it automatically gets to a Zionist and a supporter of Israel, because that has been God's will and promise. Thank you, uh, Mort. Um, to start off with, um, I'm just going to give you a general question. I'd like you to just brief us on it, and then we'll have some additional questions. Um, like you, um, we've been very concerned with the Biden administration on myriad of issues, not the least of which is what we see as their lack of support to Israel or anti-Israel sentiment. And uh, just recently, um, I think it was a week or two ago, the Biden administration comes out with the U.S. national strategy to counter anti-Semitism. What I am hearing, and that's why we wanted you uh, as an expert on these issues, that this is not only going to not help combating anti-Semitism, but literally may open the door for greater rise of anti-Semitism. Can you brief us on um, that bill? That this is the Biden Lipstadt plan. Deborah Lipstadt is the anti-Semitism czar. <laughs> we at the Zionist Organization of America fought ardently against her nomination and confirmation. She's an extreme left-winger and is a tremendous appeaser of uh, the people she works with in the administration. This uh, anti-Semitism plan <clears throat> not only doesn't really fight anti-Semitism, it enables anti-Semitism and legitimizes anti-Semitism. <laughs> this plan was supposed to simply use the IRA definition of what anti-Semitism is, that's the International Holocaust Relations Alliance. That definition is a pretty good one, comprehensive, straightforward, clear. <laughs> but the Biden administration, I should really say the Obama-Biden-Lipstadt administration, because we know that Obama is behind the scenes, orchestrated much of this, <laughs> refused to only accept the IRA definition. They said, they said we accepted the IRA definition, but we welcome and appreciate 
as a valuable tool than nexus and other definitions. These other definitions, which Biden, this, this is a valuable tool, says if you oppose Israel's right to exist, you're not an anti-Semite. If you support BDS, boycotting, divesting from, and sanctioning Israel, you're not an anti-Semite. <laughs> if you only condemn Israel for alleged human rights abuses, and yet never say a word about China's human rights, real human rights abuses, Venezuela's, Cuba's, Russia's, uh, Iraq, Iran. If you only point out Israel, that's not anti-Semitism. <laughs> but of course it is. So this is, uh, is going to make it tougher for my organization, the Zionist Organization of America and others, to fight BDS on campus as anti-Semitic, to fight uh, uh, people who say Israel has no right to exist as anti-Semitic, because to the definitions they've embraced as a valuable tool and, and definitions they appreciate, that's not the case. That's not the case. Uh, also, not only, so if you're only looking to, to criticize Israel, for example, on, on journalists being killed, this is a perfect example. In the midst of a, a, gun, of, of a, a gunfire between the Arab terrorists and Israel, the Arab terrorists and Israel, this journalist was in, in a way and was shot and died. It's unfortunate. There's 20 journalists who have died in the last six months who are in the midst of gunfire at a, in a war situation. Nobody's criticizing. Uh, America's not criticizing. They're ignoring it. But they want to know details about what happened. Why did you shoot her? That's anti-Semitism. If you only look, criticize Israel for something that others are doing much worse of and more of it's anti-semitic but according to the definition of nexus and jda that's embraced fully by this uh, uh anti-semitism plan that's no longer anti-semitism in addition this document only highlights white supremacy as anti-semitism of course there's some white supremacy anti-semitism but it's minimal the, it's the most important anti-Semitism that Jews have to endure is this radical Islamic anti-Semitism and radical black anti-Semitism. Physical attacks on Jews in Brooklyn, Muncie, New Jersey, LA, almost all the attacks are being committed by radical blacks. Yet it makes no mention of this whatsoever. In addition, no mention is made about political anti-Semitism in Congress. We have several dozen members of Congress who are vicious anti-Semites, like uh, Ilan Omar, Representative Rachida Tlaib, Representative Betty McCollum, uh, Cory Bush, and others. It, it makes no mention of this whatsoever. And I'll, I'll mention one other point that's, that's uh, dangerous. <laughs> they want to abolish hate speech. Now, all of us oppose legitimate hate speech. But when they talk about abolishing it, sort of criminalizing it, they can start saying if you criticize anything in any religion, they can consider that hate speech. In other words, if I criticize radical Muslim actions, well, they may decide that this is not permitted, that that's hate speech. So I'm very worried about this aspect of this plan. So overall, this plan is a disaster. It enables anti-Semitism, legitimizes it, and does not deal with the real problem of anti-Semitism. It's a major disappointment. Um, I have a few follow-up uh, questions. Number one, 
why did they even get involved in the fray? Is it because it's going to open uh, um, more fuel for them to uh, uh, do things that are uh, uh, aligned with being gas and anti-Semitic? Or were they forced to make this agreement? How was the process? Who was included in the discussions? Did you part of it? And how did the meetings go? Very important question. In fact, uh, one of the groups involved in putting together this document is CARE, the Council of American Islamic Relations, a vicious anti-Semitic group, a, 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 apparently a Hamas front group who opposes Israel's very existence, condemns Israel relentlessly. What are they do? What are anti-Semites CARE doing putting together an anti-Semitism program? But you see, the way this is now written, this will protect CARE from condemning Israel's right to exist, from supporting boycotting Israel. You are right. I believe in large part this plan was designed to protect uh, people like CARE. Uh, and CARE praised this plan. J Street, an extremist left-wing Jewish group, praised it. If not now, opposed Israel's racist, praised it. Uh, Ben the Ark, another extremist group that demonizes and delegitimizes Israel, praised it. The fact that these viciously, vicious anti-Semitic, anti-Israel groups praised this plan tells you all you need to know. But I'll tell you something that's very disheartening, that's really very sad and almost tragic. Every single Jewish group of the Zionist Organization of America profusely praised this plan. It's quite shocking, including the Orthodox Jews. I praise this plan. And in other words, they'll say to me, well, it does mention the IRA definition, that it does say that they're against anti-Semitism. So they take little pieces, which are not really important in the whole scheme of things, and say, well, this part is good, that part is good, so it's better than not having it. Uh, so, and that includes the Orthodox groups, the Orthodox Union, Agudath Israel, uh, Chabad, the Simon Wiesenthal Center, and of course, all the other mainstream groups, AJ Committee, ADL, B'nai B'rith, the women's uh, Jewish groups, every one of them praised this, except the Zionist Organization of America. The Orthodox groups and the more conservative Jewish organizations, um, <laughs> assuming you've discussed this with them, what are they telling you by supporting it with the risks that we have now with the new plan? I have to, of course, I know all these people. I've been in this business a long time. <laughs> they tell me what it does mention as important the IRA definition. Well, the definition. <laughs> so we're going to do what we can to make the administration stick to that and use that. Well, I'm sorry. The plan says that they welcome and appreciate as a valuable tool using the Nexus and JDA definition and others that are horrible, that are anti-Semitic definitions. <laughs> so, so two things. These. Uh, the Jews desperately want to appease Biden, thinking if they're nice to him, he'll be nicer to the Jewish people. And since there are some sentences here that are, are good sentences, even though it's they're vitiated, if I use that word, I learned that in 12th grade, if they're vitiated by these other definitions, these Jewish groups say, we're going to pressure Biden to stick to the Iron definition, to stick to what we think is important, but it's not going to work. Right. Why do you think CARE, J Street, if not now, 
Ben the Ark are praising this because now they're protected. And you so wisely said, Pastor, this uh, pro program protects anti-Semites more than fighting anti-Semites. Right. Uh, can you explain a little bit um, the concerns with the Nexus document and the JDA definition? Well, as I said, they say if you oppose Israel's right to exist, it's not anti-Semitic. It doesn't mean you hate Jews. It means you hate Israel. Well, of course, if I oppose Italy's right to exist, what do you think my feelings are about Italians? <laughs> Probably not too positive. If I oppose Spain's right to exist, you can be sure I don't like Spanish people. If you oppose Israel's right to exist as a little tiny state, it means you hate Jews. And this now protects them from being called anti-Semitic. Uh, and, and also, as I said, these definitions also say, just because you point out alleged negatives about Israel and not any other country on the face of the earth, which are far worse and far more true, it's not anti-Semitism. But of course, if I only criticize alleged human rights abuses of Israel, when you have monstrous human rights abuses by Iran, China, Venezuela, Cuba, Iraq, if you're ignoring them and only condemn the Jewish state, these new de these secondary definitions uh, say this is not anti-Semitic, when of course it is anti-Semitic. Um, so it is fair, I think you've said it in different words, that this document itself will enable anti-Semitic action, BDS, from the administration and other organizations and under the cloud of protection. It will protect people saying horrible things about the Jewish state of Israel. And this document says they're not anti-Semitic. They have problems with the country whose name is Israel. It has nothing to do with Jews, which is, of course, I, absurd. I saw one of your reports, if you can elaborate, that the special envoy combating anti-semitism came out with a document um protecting soros she came out with a statement saying <laughs> it is unfair to condemn george soros as an anti-semite <laughs> just because he's opposed to israel's right to exist condemns israel every step of the way funds the major anti-semitic anti-israel organizations she says that doesn't mean he's anti-Semitic. That's just his political opinion. So she defends a terrible human being, George Soros, uh, from uh, people criticizing him as being anti-Semitic, but of course he is. And that came out after <laughs> and was enacted. I don't know. She said it before as well. So she may have said it two different times. She, okay. she said it before this plan was enacted as well. Okay. Can you describe since? Biden took office from the administration, the type of cabinet officials that you're concerned about um, and actions of the Biden administration or State Department that in and of themselves are either anti-Semitic, anti-Israel, or uh, uh, enhancing BDS. I can say as a national president of the oldest pro-Israel organization in the United States, whose previous presidents included Louis Brandeis, Abba Hill Silver, and Stephen Wise. I can say this Biden-Obama administration, and that's what I call it, Biden-Obama administration is the most hostile to Israel we've ever had. It's worse than the first Obama administration because now you have as a front man 
Joe Biden, who never had a reputation as being that hostile. So he can do more negative things and get away with it than Obama could. Since, uh, he had more of a reputation of being hostile to Jews in Israel. Every appointment that Joe Biden has made to an important post that affects Israel is someone hostile to Israel. Every single one, from the Secretary of State to the ambassador uh, to Israel, Thomas Nyes. Do you know this week, Tom Nyes, the U.S. ambassador to Israel, approved a $1 million grant to several groups to delegitimize Israel. This week, State Department, uh, with Nyes' approval, have, have done, has, has, has done this. And, uh, and this is true of so many of the appointments from uh, the National Security Council people uh, to uh, other State Department posts. The person dealing with Iran is Robert Malton, and it can be pro-Iran, pro-Hamas guy. <laughs> Very bad for Israel. Uh, the negotiator with Israel from the United States is Hadi Amar. Hadi Amar, a man who has praised the terror war against Israel, praised the Intifada. Uh, so every appointment he's made is someone hostile to Israel. We at ZOA, you can go on our website, zoa.org, Biden's uh, hostile to Israel appointments, you'll see a paragraph or two about each one of these appointments by name, who they are, and why we are, are making it clear they're a problem. Uh, we are the only Jewish group that was criticized by, on these terrible appointments. The Jewish groups want to appease the administration, and because it's a democratic administration, they don't, and most Jews are Democrats, they don't want to have a fight with the democratic administration. Uh, it's it's really unfortunate. The do do you feel Israel has any allies in Congress on the Democratic side? <laughs> there are supports of Israel on the Democratic side. Brad Sherman of L.A., uh, who's the fellow from Northern New Jersey, uh, can't think of his name. Uh, <laughs> Richie Torres uh, from New York, but all of them support a Palestinian state. And these people, this is interesting, were fervent supporters several years ago, a number of years ago. But once Obama came into power, they started moving to the left from pressure from the Democratic Party. So, yeah, there are supporters, uh, not nearly as many on the Democratic side as we have on the Republican side, that's for sure. Uh, but there's still a number of decent supporters, but none of them will publicly say we oppose a Palestine. It'll be a terrorist dictatorship. It'll be a disaster for Israel, for the Middle East. Uh, uh, and yet they're afraid to, uh, to, to, to say anything against uh, such a proposition. Is there anything that we can do now regarding the plan? Is there any action? <laughs> I think all of us who care about anti-Semitism and Israel <laughs> should be publicly demanding that Joe Biden and the administration ignore any definition but the IRA definition, IHRA, and they should ignore Nexus definition, JDA. We should make it clear, we will not accept it. We should make it clear that Joe Biden has to accept if you oppose the social right to exist. BDS and boycotting Israel. If you only criticize Israel for certain things, ignoring real offenders, other countries, 
This is anti-Semitism, even though the nexus and JDA definitions say it is not. And also to criticize Joe Biden for care to have anything to do, which they did in formulating this plan, an anti-Semitic group formulating the plan. It's like having neo-Nazis involved in formulating this plan. It's like having David Duke involved in formulating this. It would be insanity. (laughs) So I would say to speak out to President Biden, please ignore that all the definitions except IRA and uh, and, and explain that if you want to boycott Israel or oppose its existence, that's anti-Semitism, despite the fact that the Nexus and JDA plans say otherwise. With the trajectory of where we're seeing this Obama-Biden administration go since uh, Biden took office, and if <laughs> trajectory, what, what do you see the future of the Jewish people in America might look like? Well, First, I wanted to add, before I answer that, almost every appointment that Biden is, that affects Israel, it's a friend of Obama's. There's the proof. These are Obama's friends, and many of them were in the Obama administration. Uh, the future of the Jewish people in America, the Jewish people, unfortunately, are 80% liberal Democrats. They've always been. This is nothing new. <laughs> the last time the Jews voted substantially Republican candidate was Ronald Reagan. And that's because he was running against Jimmy Carter, who had a very bad reputation among Jews. <laughs> I'm worried about the future of Jews in America. The, frankly, the intermarriage rate among non-Orthodox Jews is not 50%, it's 80%. Four out of five non-Orthodox Jews marry out of their faith, which means much less commitment to the Jewish faith, to the Jewish people, and to Israel when one spouse, unless they marry an evangelical Christian, <laughs> that would be different. Uh, but they're having few children, and most of the children are not being raised as Jews. Many conservative synagogues, large numbers, and even reformed synagogues are starting to close down because membership excuse me, membership is declining. The only area in Jewish life that's expanding, expanding significantly is the Orthodox Jewish people. They're having lots of children. They go to services every week, many even every morning. And so they're the, the, the serious religious Orthodox Jews are thriving. The reform and conservative Jewish groups uh, are declining in numbers and declining in the observance of Jewish children, Jewish laws. Um, I want to shift just a couple minutes on Iran. Um, we're hearing that uh, Iran any minute now will be nuclear capable. Uh, there's some talk about U.S. going back to a negotiating table with Iran and with the current administration not being a friend of Israel, what could happen if Iran uh, uh, wants to use uh, nuclear capability? What will US, or Israel wants to do a preemptive strike? Where will the U.S. lie? Elie Wiesel, the famous Holocaust and Holocaust survivor, <laughs> used to always say that if a country or people say they want to kill you, 
the Holocaust has made it clear. Believe them. Don't say, oh, it's just words. Believe them. Iran, every week, sometimes every day, will have programs saying we want to destroy the big Satan in America and we want to destroy the little Satan in Israel. And also we want to destroy, destroy Europe. <laughs> they say it repeatedly. So if they are, they are on the verge of developing nuclear weapons, this is as if the Nazi regime in Germany in the 40s would have had nuclear weapons. It is very dangerous and almost insane to permit this. But the plan that Obama signed a number of years ago with Iran <laughs> was a horrific plan. It, it, it ended all restrictions after 13 years. So after 13 years, even if they fulfilled the plan of Obama, they could then develop nuclear weapons after 13 years. And what did Obama say when asked about this? He said, within 13 years, they're going to moderate. Don't worry. Well, of course you have to worry. You, there's no reason to think they'll moderate on what basis. In fact, they'll be stronger and more hostile. <laughs> and I will say something no one else will say. I believe Obama developed this plan with Iran. I believe because Obama wanted Iran to get nuclear weapons. There's no other explanation why the restrictions end at 13 years. And I believe this is part of his hostility toward the Jewish state of Israel and even America. That is my opinion. <laughs> it is critically important that we make sure Iran does not get nuclear weapons, but this administration is not uh, doing anything to make it clear that they want to stop Iran. In fact, uh, the sanctions that are there by law are being ignored by the, by, the, by the administration. Iran has become very wealthy because Biden administration is ignoring the sanctions. <laughs> they refuse to say that we support military action as a last resort, even as a last resort, that we support credible military action. They haven't said it. They've also made it clear to Israel that they don't want Israel to, to use military action. I'm afraid that diplomacy is not going to work here. I wish it could. That would be a pleasure. <laughs> but Ben uh, has made it clear they have no interest in negotiating, no interest in having a serious deal. And they're on the verge of having uh, enough uh, nuclear fuel and uranium to develop one to three nuclear weapons. They're on the verge. So I'm afraid the only way that they'll be stopped is if Israel uses nuclear weapons. And that's there are several problems with that, even though it, it really might be a necessity. America's pressure Israel not to. Secondly, if Israel does resort to this last resort, Hezbollah has 200,000 missiles under control in Lebanon. Hamas has 100,000 missiles under control in Gaza. And if Israel goes ahead and attacks Iran, missiles are going to be raining in a horrible way against the state of Israel. It's a very frightening situation. Yeah. And America is not prepared to do what needs to be done to stop Iran. They've shown this ever since uh, Obama was in power. And, uh, and I'll tell you, I spoke to many congressmen at that time who voted for the deal. And they said, we were threatened by the Obama administration. If we don't vote for it, they're going to primary us. They're going to have people running against us. There was enormous threats put on. To, to get people to vote for that bill. So it's a very frightening situation. Remember, they hate America more than Israel. So we American citizens who live here in the United States, this is a danger to us because they've got 
missiles now that can reach the United States of America. Uh, we, we were a few weeks ago hearing quite a bit of um, potential war rhetoric, a, a lot of which coming out of Israel. If Israel decides or wants to take preemptive strike, can they do that without the United States? And what if the U.S. literally tells them don't and they resist it and they still take preemptive uh, action against Iran? My discussions with top Israeli people, I'm in Israel right now. I'm going to be having further discussions. They tell me they know where the many dozens of uh, areas in Iran where nukes are being developed and are capable of destroying those facilities. It'll take incredible uh, talent to pinpoint the, the bombs to hit those places and they have to be repeated bombs, but I'm told they can do it. Where America frightens me, I don't know. I can tell you when Obama was in power, he sent an envoy every week to Netanyahu, who was prime minister then, as he is now, to tell Netanyahu, don't you dare attack. So that's why Netanyahu didn't attack back in 2012, when he was intending to, because of threats from Obama. But now we're in a, in a, Israel's in a situation where it's almost a point of no return. They're on the verge of getting nuclear weapons. Uh, I don't what will happen if Israel unilaterally attacks administration will not participate. I wish they would, if necessary, if they can't get the diplomacy uh, to take care of this serious uh, uh, problem. Uh, so it's danger to the whole world is what's happening with Iran. So those missiles can reach Europe, America, and of course, Israel. They have missiles that could reach US? They have missiles that can reach US. We don't know yet if those missiles <laughs> can have a nuclear weapon put on that missile. They've been working on that. But regular missiles, very dangerous missiles, can reach the United States of America. Absolutely. We are at risk. And it could be any moment now that they would be <laughs> They're on the verge of nuclear capability. Some experts say they think they may really be there, that they, that they can develop nuclear weapons at will. They certainly are very close. So this never should have been permitted to occur. And I blame Europe as much. Europe has not fought Iran because Europe does tremendous business with Iran and they wanted, they wanted to keep flowing with the business name. Ignoring the, da the danger to the lives of Europeans, Americans and Israelis in order to make a lot of money from for dealing with Iran in terms of business. Very, very troubling situation. Would the Israeli um, constituency support Netanyahu in a preemptive Absolutely. If there's one thing the Israelis are unified on, it's to stop Iran. Iran are Arab Nazis that want to destroy America, Europe, and Israel, and want to Islamicize the world. They believe if they destroy the world and Islamicize it, then the coming of the Islamic Messiah will happen. This is how to get the Islamic Messiah to come. So to them, this is a religious imperative. Uh, my last question, if you can just explain the several years we've seen this new rise of anti-Semitism in America. Jews only represent a little over the people of America. 
two out of 100 people are Jewish in America. Mm -hmm. 63% of all religious hate crimes are committed against Jews. 63%. More than all the hate crimes combined against Muslims and Catholics and Christians and Hindus and Buddhists. <laughs> so it's huge. And one of the problems is there hasn't been serious pushback when it's been rising its ugly head, especially in Congress. When you see people like a Congresswoman Ilan Omar of Minnesota, Congresswoman Rashida of uh, Michigan, <laughs> Congresswoman Betty uh, McCollum, I think she's of Minnesota also, uh, Congresswoman Cory Bush of Missouri, Jamal Bowman of New York, and others making hideous statements against Jews in Israel, vicious lies, <laughs> and without any real pushback, they've never publicly condemned by the Democrats in power. In fact, <laughs> President Biden has profusely praised Rashida Tlaib as passionate and a fabulous fighter for and God blesses your work. Can you imagine that he's praising an anti-Semite? And, and last week, there was a, a White House uh, a meeting of some sort with some members of Congress. Biden, last week, looks down and says to Ilan Omar and Rashid Tlaib, I want you to know you both look beautiful, and I hope God blesses both of you. That's what Biden said to two Jew haters. Would he have said this to people who hate blacks? Of course not. So one of the reasons anti-Semitism is getting worse is because there's been no pushback condemning people by name uh, when it comes to anti-Semitism uh, and condemning anti-Semitic groups by name. It hasn't happened. So if you don't push back and condemn them, the Jew haters see it's comfortable to come out against Jews uh, that uh, obviously the, the powers that be, they don't mind so much. And uh, Things have been really beginning worse. I, I never believed I'd live in America where almost every synagogue has a guard. Every synagogue has a guard to protect us from anti-Semites. That was true in Europe for decades, not in America. Now it's true in America. We need more condemnation by name of these people. And they've never done it. I beg Chuck Schumer and other members of the Democratic Party to condemn these Democrats. Everyone I mentioned happens to be a Democrat. And they refuse. What they've done is they condemn all hate. That doesn't do it. That's not a message to Clave and Omar and McCollum. You just condemn all hate. So that's it. We've allowed this to occur without the fighting back against them. Uh, and even uh, black anti-Semites like Louis Farrakhan, there's been even no real condemnation. Obama met with Farrakhan many times. There's pictures of him smiling with Farrakhan. He was one of the people, uh, Obama, of, of uh, working, uh, promoting the Million Man March of Farrakhan's. Uh, uh, Anti-Semites see this and they say, look, the powers in America, they, uh, they hate Jews too. It's, they're okay with us hating Jews. So people aren't worried about being Jew haters anymore. And, you know, first it may be the Jews, but you know after the Jews will come the rest of the people in America. So we're all in this together. Hate spreads it doesn't stop with the jews yeah um uh, we're so appreciative of, of, of this uh, <laughs> may i say one more thing Please. one more thing this past week the most vicious anti-american anti-semitic anti-israel anti-police speech was ever given from a legitimate podium in the united states of america the most horrible speech condemning uh 
America, Jews, uh, police I've ever heard. It was the commencement address at the City University of New York Law School. It was a Fatima Muhammad, a female Muslim, gave a horrific speech calling for the destruction of America, destruction of America and the destruction of Israel. And she's called for a global intifada against Jews, which means hunt down the Jews and kill them. She called for it in her speech a week ago at City College. And what's more frightening than her speech? She got uproarious applause from the audience after that speech. And who was applauding uproariously in addition to the people in the, in, in the audience? The dean of the law school at City College was applauding uproariously. And she, uh, commencement speeches are always approved by the deans. So she clearly saw that speech before the dean of the law school approved it. And it is very frightening that Governor Hochul, H-O-C-H-U-L, Hochul, has said not, virtually nothing against this, has not demanded that the dean be fired, that the board be fired, and that uh, to work to make sure that Fatima Muhammad does not get a license to practice law, because one of the requisite requirements to get a license to practice law is character. When you're calling for the of America, Israel, and hate toward the police, your character is not at the level where it should be as a lawyer. And yet there's been very few major people speaking out against this publicly. Ted Cruz, by the way, I might add, is one significant person who has publicly spoken out against it. But where's the governor of New York and the mayor of New York? All he said is this speech was divisive. It's a little worse than divisive. Calling for American Israel's destruction is beyond divisive. So even the mayor of New York did not speak out strongly. Again, this is why true hatred and hate erupts and spreads because there's not strong pushback uh, when it comes to this. And the whole country saw she got huge applause for this horrific speech. Can you give our viewers information of how they can uh, uh, follow you, get information from ZOA? I put out uh, information materials fully referenced uh, several times a week. ZOA.org. If you go on ZOA.org at ZionistOrganizationOfAmerica.org, ZOA.org, you will learn a lot about all of these issues. We write about it all the time. And you can also, on, on that website, give us your email and you can have the materials we put out regularly uh, emailed to you. So you can do both of those things and uh, you'll have a tremendous knowledge of the Arab Islamic War against Israel and the West and tremendous knowledge about anti-Semitism. And uh, we should all remember, it starts with the Jews, doesn't end with the Jews. World War II started an attempt to kill every Jew. 50 million people died, not only 6 million Jews. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the Well-Versed Podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.